I'm going to preach something to you today. I hope I can have the ability to get you to understand what I'm saying and not to misunderstand some of the things that I'm saying, but it's something that the Lord really has laid on my heart. Uh, sometimes, you know, we go to God in prayer and it seems like nothing happens. And uh, it seems like our faith is bad. It seems like, you know, like it didn't hear us. And, I haven't got all the answers, but I do feel like God gave me one of the answers today, so I'm going to do my best to say to you what the Lord wants me to say. We're going to turn to John 3, 16 and 17. First thing I ever preached on, you've heard me tell it, I'd pray, God, I want the best, I want the best scripture, I want, and then this, he kept saying John 3, 16, and I kept telling him, oh, all the kids know that, but I'm persuaded that maybe none of us know it in the fullness that God wants us to know that he loves us. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Let that sink just a little bit. He didn't come to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for your mercy, your grace. Lord, we ask for your anointing to be upon this word, not only anoint me, but anoint ears to hear and hearts to receive. God, we're asking you in a very special way to bring a cross, Lord, that, that you've laid upon my heart. God, we'll give you glory and we'll give you praise for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take a text today that God is love, that God loves us. And I know in our hearts and our minds, we all say, well, we know that. And I think you do. But how much do we depend on? on that and I'm going to try to explain what I'm saying today because I want to talk to you today about the reason many times we fail we fail to receive from what God wants us to have and even our prayer life so many times our faith is not what it should be because we think it is based upon how much we love God not on how much God loves us. Think about it. It's not true. Our faith should be based on how much God loves us. Now, I want you to kind of keep this in mind. I'm going to do my best to get across to you what I can. Now, I know the Bible tells us that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. And I think sometimes we dwell on that so much and we think about it so much and there's been thousands of sermons preached on it. But our Christian faith should not be totally hanged upon how much we love God, but the main emphasis should be on how much God loves us. Now, I'm going to try to explain this to you the best I can. 
God loves us so much that I don't think we fully understand how much he loves us. Now, this, this message today is not about our relationship with God, but I'm going to try to talk to you about God's relationship with us. And that's, that's a big difference. We are not a winner due to how much we love him. We are winners because of how much he loves us. I didn't get saved because I loved him. And neither did you get saved because you loved him. We got saved because God loved us. But sometimes in our Christian experience, we want to continue that thought that I gave my heart to Jesus and now I love him. But what we need to understand so clearly that God loves us beyond our imagination, beyond what we could ever think or know or read or believe or even what this sermon may try to help you to understand today, that God loves us. And that is the main reason that God does things for us. But sometimes we hinder God from doing for us because we want to tag on how much we love him and how much we failed him. And the devil is a very good advocate in that argument. Sometimes when we go to prayer about things, then things come up in our life. Well, I hadn't prayed this week like I should. Or I got mad at somebody this week. Or I've been harboring something in my heart. You say, well, we're not supposed to do that. That's right. I agree with you 100%. But let me tell you something. That's just muck that the devil is drug out between you and God. And I'm going to do my best to give you some, some scriptures in a little bit to show you this. I'll say we can never understand or be able to fully keep the first two commandments. How many of you love God with everything in you? How many of you love your neighbor as yourself? And Jesus threw another one in there that you had to love your enemies. What I'm trying to tell you, our love has limits. But God's love does not have limits. And sometimes I think we try to approach God on how much we love Him instead of us approaching God how much He loves us. Can you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I've used this, I got an email about five years ago and uh, I used this one time before and I happened to see it and I want to use it again. It's about a young Jewish rabbi. Uh, he was about 30 years old on, on Sunday night. He visited Oak Grove New Life Assembly of God in Springfield, Missouri. This young rabbi sat through the service, and when he was over the, and people began to leave, he just sat there. And the pastor and his wife went to him and introduced themselves to him and began to talk with him. And uh, they found out he was from St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and that he was a Jewish rabbi, 
And for three weeks, he had been visiting Pentecostal churches. Now, he never said why he did it, but he was doing it. And to shorten the story, the witness, they witnessed to him, and he decided that he would pray the sinner's prayer, even as he said that he was not totally sure Jesus was the Messiah. He prayed, and then he started to sobbing, and he started crying went on for about 10 minutes, and he finally said, what is going on? I've never experienced this before. And as he sat there, God baptized him in the Holy Spirit, and he began to speak in another language. And when this happened, everybody but it was didn't leave. They started shouting and praising God and having a good time. And then, then he got up and he said, this is what, like Jeremiah said, this is like fire shut up in my bones. Then he asked an important question that should be asked in every Pentecostal church. He said, how do you guys not tell this? How do we not tell it? Now the guys, uh, this guy had never read the New Testament in his life because young rabbis were forbid to read the New Testament. And then when the, uh, the Spirit of God came on him and he quoted Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and other most parts of the earth. And the pastor said to him, did you realize that you have just quoted the New Testament? And he said, I didn't even know I had done anything. That, that's been called carried away in the spirit. I can tell you some stories on that too. Later that night, they baptized him at his request in water. Now, this is what I want to share with you today, what God made so real to him that day, and he's made so real to me. He stated that night, before they all left, that he had memorized over 600 rules and laws from the Jewish religion because, as he said, I love God. But he said, but not until this moment have I never, I never knew that God loves me. And I want to tell you, sometimes in our lives, we forget that God loves us. We act like we receive from God on a marriage situation. Come on how good we have been or what we have done or either we don't receive it because some things we may think is displeasing with God. Well, I'm here to tell you that God loved you when you was a sinner and he loves you today when you're a Christian and he never did think you was going to be perfect. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. Jesus said, be you perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. We'll get you another little translation on that because that word that they translated in the King James perfect really means complete. Be complete as he is. We got to strive to be complete as he is. But I'm going to tell you something. You will never be perfect till you walk through those pearly gates. Come on. You know it and I know it. He said, I did all this because I love God, but I never knew until now that God loves me.
And somehow I hope when you leave this service today that you will comprehend what I'm trying to say to you that God gave me to say to you. See, of all the things we learn about God, I think the first and utmost thing that we should learn is how much God loves us. No matter. He will always love us more than we'll ever be capable of loving him. The foundation of everything we receive from God is found on God's love for us and not our love for him. It started off with salvation. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had given up on it. I decided it wasn't for me. He baptized me anyway. I was an unbelieving Christian, okay? (laughs) If you want to put it that way when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But God didn't listen to my foolishness. And he don't listen to a lot of your foolishness. He loves you. And he's going to answer his, your prayer simply because he loves you. Amen. Not what you have earned because we've earned nothing but the grace of the almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. So when the devil tells you and you're praying, you're seeking God, he brings all these false things in your life, these failures that's come in your life. And he'll say something like, well, you know, you really don't love God. But I can tell you one thing, we know God really loves us. He really loves us. I'm not preaching a sin in religion today. I want you to understand that. I'm not telling you go out and do what you want to and everything's going to be wonderful. Because he loves you, he'll chastise you sometimes. Amen? I love my kids. Sometimes I thought I'd chastise them too much. Then other times I know I didn't. But God always does it just right. He didn't give us salvation because we loved him. He gave us salvation because he loved us. Whether it's grace, mercy, faith, the gifts of the Spirit, the calling of God, or anything about his will in our life, or anything else, the bottom line, he did it because he loved us. He loved us. Name me one blessing in your life that you deserved. Just one. No, we deserve hell. We deserve to be in the pits of hell. But God loved us. And he made a way through Jesus Christ. One of the most important things he learned that night besides salvation and the baptism was he realized that God loved him, that rabbi did. And I believe we could get a greater understanding of it. I think anything we ask for would come a whole lot easier and a whole lot quicker if we realize it's not merited It's the grace of God. It's his love for us. When you go through a trial next time and you're wondering what's going to happen and maybe you're fighting a sickness or something, rely on one thing. 
one thing. That God loves you. That God cares for you. I, as I was preparing this, and I got it written down somewhere in there, but I always get ahead of myself. That's all right. But sometimes we think, you know, Jesus said if you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, and if you've been here long, you've seen it because Brother Carver, he's handed out the mustard seeds and they're very small, right? And Jesus said, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say unto that mountain, mountain be thy removed and cast into the sea. I think our problem, because we don't realize God loves us, that sometimes we think we've got to have the faith of a mountain to move the, the seed. Hello? Jesus knew what he was saying. Yes, I want us to love God with everything was in us. But what I want to tell you, God loves you. Keeping matches, this is not about us loving God, it's about God loving us. And let's keep this in our heart. God's grace is not based upon our love for him, but his love for us. Can you say amen to that? If it was the other way around, different people would have different graces. But we all fall under the same grace of God. Let me ask you a question. Have you learned more from God and you learn more about God's love from your successes or your failures? I don't know about you, but I've learned more about how much he loves me because of my failures. Because he picked me up. He dusted me off and put me back on the trail again. Look at old Peter. Denied him three times. Curse. I mean, you profanity. He said, I don't know the man. Did Jesus stop loving him? Did Jesus ever bring it up? Hello? Come on. No, he didn't even bring it up with him. He just talked about Peter loving him. Hello? Listen to me. What I'm trying to say to you today with all of my heart that it's about how much God loves us and not how much we love God. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And sometimes we quote that like loving other people, but I want to tell you, it also can be uh, uh, that God wants, the Holy Ghost wants us to know how much God loves us, shedding his love into our heart. If there's anything that God wants us to know and understand above all, I think it's how much he loves us and when we come to that realization of God's love, then I think we're going to see greater things happen in our lives. I think we're going to see more prayers been answered. If we could come to the knowledge of God's love for us, we would ask of him with more confidence and more faith. Romans 8, 31 and 32. Listen to what he said. 
What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his only son, his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us some things? Is that the way it reads? All things. Hello? Freely, without charge. That means that when you don't live ever jot and tittle the word of God, that's where the grace steps in our lives and frees us. God wants you to have the best. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's what he wants for us. But he's got a system called prayer. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But we don't approach him like we need to approach him. We approach him thinking about all the places that we failed him. And what we need to approach him with is all the things he has never failed us in. How many of you got children? Raise your hand. God bless you. How many of you got grandchildren? Some reason they're better, aren't they? I don't know what it is, but <laughs> even David's shaking his head, yeah. I know there's times in our life that we have to discipline our kids and there's times that God disciplines us. But you never have disciplined one of your kids who come to you asking you for something that you need, that they need, and say, I know you need it, but I ain't going to let you have it because you ain't done everything I told you. You didn't cut all the grass, huh? No, I'm not going to let you go to the doctor and get you shot because you see where I'm coming from? If you've been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to his children? If we would never, ever withhold anything from our kids that they needed, why would we think that God would withhold anything from us that we needed? But we do, and we've got our reasons. We think. Just don't have enough faith. That's one of the things we talk about. Well, my faith must not be strong. No, maybe it's your knowledge of the love of God's not strong. I'm expecting God to do some miracles around here, and he ain't going to do it on our righteousness. I felt that one. He's going to do it through his righteousness. He's not going to do it through our love even for each other. He's going to do it through the love he has for us because he loves us. He's a wonderful God. And we treat him like some judge somewhere on a stand somewhere begging and pleading for mercy and asking, please do right about this. 
He ain't judge yet. One day he will be. But today he's our heavenly father and we have a high priest sitting at the right hand of our father who hears and knows, understands everything about us, our faults, our failures, our good, our bad, and he's there interceding to our heavenly father for us. No, you won't receive anything from God thinking all the time, well, I might not get it. Hello? That's what we do. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. You're guilty. Do I deserve it? But did you deserve salvation? No. I'm going to tell you, this is not a game with God. This is serious business with our Heavenly Father. Amen. And when we realize that God loves us beyond our comprehension, beyond our faults, beyond our failures, then that's when we can get the message out there to that lost and dying world that God loves them regardless of where they've been or what they've done or what they're involved with, that God loves them and he'll forgive you of all your sins. Woo, he's so wonderful. I hadn't gotten nine more pages, so don't worry about it. I believe that our God heals whether it's physically, emotionally, or spiritually. I think that healing would be much easier if we could comprehend that it's all about him loving us. Not about our failures, not about our fault, not about whether we're doing this or we're doing that. No, no. Some kids are better about things than other kids, all right? But they're all the same when you get them together. Ain't one person in this building more righteous than the other one. Not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm not pra- preaching practicing sin. Don't go off and say he's pr- telling us that we can sin and do what to God. I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you, we need to recognize that God loves us beyond what we could even imagine. Satan often cheats us by trying to make us think that our healings or our needs are met through some type of merits, something that we do. Hello? So he's the accuser of the brethren. He tells us how we fail God. You ain't got to worry about ever wondering whether you've sinned and not know about it because he'll tell you about it. He points out our failures. He points out our faults. He declares that we're not worthy of our healings or any need we're asking. That's, that's, that's from the powers of hell. This is what James said in James 5, 5 and 16. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Okay, he's healed, isn't he? And if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Didn't come. Confess your faults and 
confess your sins and ask God to forgive you and he'll heal you. That's not the way it reads, is it not? It reads just like this. When we come down for healing and prayer for healing, there's something else wrong in our life and God, if we'll have faith in him and believe that God loves us and let God heal us, he will also forgive us of all our wrongdoings. If you're waiting on to get everything just right in your life before God works, well, I'll tell you, you're in trouble. It's all by the grace of God that we receive from him. God's love is greater than our failures. It's greater than our sins, our sicknesses, our problems, our trials, whatever we have. Romans 8, 35 and 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? It is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor anything present nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from what? The love of God. God. Hallelujah. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand clap. I love that, Romans 8. When John got ready to describe our God, he did it with three short words. God is love. Yes. I've read this Bible through many times. I don't never remember where he ever said, man is love. Hello? But God is love. When we pray, we need to remember that God is love. When we cast all your cares upon him, remember that God is love. Not what you did wrong. Not because you got mad at your wife or got mad at your husband or whatever you did. You know what I'm saying. Devil will take the least thing and make you think you'd blew up a building and killed a thousand people. It's the way he works. When everything seems hopeless and there seems to be no way out, remember God is love. He's love. When you slip and you fall and Satan tells you you've lost it all, remember God is love. He tries to get us to love everybody like he loves us. And I appreciate you trying. Never forget that God first loved us And his love comes through Jesus Christ who died for us. See, we don't operate in man's action, but we operate in God's love. Our Christian experience should not be according to our actions, the actions of those who's in church with us, neither our success or failures or our Christian experience is based on God's love for us. I'm going to read you one scripture in just a moment. We're closing. 
The foundation of our Christian relationship with God is not that we love Him, but that He loves us. First John 4 and 10, herein is love. John said, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins, to take our place. Stand with me, if you will. Whatever your need is today, I don't want you to come up here thinking about what you did wrong. I don't want you to come up here thinking about how much or how little you love God or how much more you could love Him. I want you to come up here with one single thought in your mind today if you have a need is that God loves you. That God loves you. That God loves you. You love your children. You love your grandchildren even more. Is that right, Dave? (laughs) Would you withhold anything from them? Would you withhold anything from your children? If you know they had a need. I know there's bad parents out there, but I'm going to tell you, God is not a bad God. He's a good God, and He loves you. So if you got a need and you want God to meet it, I want you to come up here. And as you come, I want you to say, God is love. Just keep saying, God is love. God is love. God is love.